25. Verse 28 is what we want to look at. You can remain seated tonight. It says in verse 28, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. How many of you read verses in the Bible and you go, What? <laughs> what does that mean? What is that supposed to be about? And so what we're going to talk about tonight is discipline, but we're going to talk about self-discipline. Next week, I'm going to do a message on discipline in the home with our children. And so I want to encourage those of you that have little ones that are the, uh, an influence and help to you. So we're going to be doing that next week. But tonight, uh, we want to talk about self-discipline. So we want to talk about the discipline in our own lives. And discipline itself is not generally an area that we want to discuss with people. Uh, self-discipline is hard. Uh, because it requires something of us. And so whenever we get into this, I'm going to talk about uh, three specific areas that I think will be a help to us. But through self-discipline, one of the things I think we can do, especially as Christians, is we can become very effective for God and be used of God in a great way. But for the Christian, self-discipline is a conscious decision, and that's what you have to make. You have to decide that you're going to do something about it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have made a decision to do something one day and it doesn't get done because you just don't feel like doing it. Anybody ever do that? Am I the only one? I had a barn that I had moved uh, more than some years ago, and the other day I had determined that I was going to go up and clean up. I had no idea what that was going to require of me the other day. And uh, I have bolts and nuts and screws and all this stuff, and they're just in bags and boxes, and they were in all kinds of containers and different things, and I decided I was going to go up there but man, did it take some discipline to the point where I was leaning over the bench like this, like I cannot believe I got all this stuff. Took a lot of discipline to do that. And uh, how many of you have those days you think I'm going to be disciplined enough to do this? Many of us in January, we start, we say we're going to do a diet, we're going to take care of ourselves this year, and we get started on January 1, and by January 5th, it's over and because uh, some friends called and I'm going to go with them and so we think ah that's over but it is for the Christian self-discipline is a conscious decision to put into effect the truths of the scriptures into our life so this requires some things of us well what does it require well we need to read that's the first thing you need to open that book called the Bible and you need to read it and you begin reading and then you say okay now what's next and so you say well I need to understand what I've read so what does that require of me? Well, I need to study what I've just read. And then once I study it, then I have to say, okay, what do I do with this now? And then I have to say, okay, I've got to apply it to my life. Do you know all three of those things require discipline? How many of you have picked up your Verizon bill and started to read it, and by the time you got to the bottom of it, you have no idea what the first words were that you read? You know what I mean? And sometimes we get that way, don't we? We start reading something and just our mind... Uh, how many of you have gotten from the top of a sheet to the bottom of the sheet? You know that you read words on a page, but have not comprehended anything in between, right? From the the that you started with to the end when you got done. And there are times when we do that. It, it causes you to pay attention, doesn't it? It causes you to have to have discipline. And so you have to discipline yourself. So this requires reading, understanding, and wisdom. And it requires us not to just have information, but to utilize that information that we have and that's putting truth into practice. And so it takes discipline to do that because we not only have to read it, we have to then maybe sometimes study it, and then we have to say to ourselves, okay, what do I do with this? How do I apply this to my life? And so you have to put those things into practice. So this subject of discipline, it's going to be done in two parts. We're going to talk about self-discipline tonight and then discipline that we need to implement in our children's lives. And so 
Uh, I want to encourage you not only be uh, in the room tonight. You know, I usually tell you if you're here, you ought to be here. Do you know what I mean by that? If you're here, you ought to be here. Amen. So let your mind engage, and then whenever you come back next week, we'll be on the subject of how to discipline your children. So don't negate this message, because if you're not disciplined, usually you won't discipline. And, uh, and so there has to be some discipline in our own lives. So we start with the biblical discipline of self so that we are more effective in discipline in our children's lives. And so discipline is not punishment. Discipline is not punishment. I want you to get that in your mind. However, when we are not disciplined, sometimes punishment can enter into our lives for being, having a lack of discipline. And so I want to share some thoughts with you tonight, and I want to challenge you in your thinking a bit. Is your life in line with the Word of God? And are you willing to take the necessary steps to make your life align with truth? That takes discipline. So is your life in line with the truth? And if not, Am I willing to take the Word of God and bring my life in alignment with what the Word of God says? That takes discipline. <laughs> you have to not only read it, you have to study it, then you have to say, okay, I'm going to put this into practice. So when I looked at this, I thought about how the Lord is a disciplined God. Would you agree? God's a disciplined God. He made the world in six days, amen, <laughs> on a seventh day he rested. That takes discipline, doesn't it? And so I think that's something that he requires of us as believers as well, that he would want to have that in our lives. And the Lord is a disciplined God, and I think as his children, he wants us to maintain a level of biblical discipline in our own lives. And I am going to show you scriptures tonight that really indicate that that ought to be a part of our lives. As believers, we ought to have some discipline in our Christian lives. And so it requires the believer to take action. So whenever you read things in the Bible, it's not just kind of so you can have information. Information, sometimes people think because they have information, that they've done something sometimes. And because you obtain information doesn't mean you've done anything about anything. But information has to transmit into, especially when it comes to God's Word, taking action or implementing the Bible as a practical part of your life. So I want to give you three steps tonight. These are really, really tough, so I want you to hold on to these thoughts, okay? So to be disciplined in your Christian life, the first thing you need to do is obtain knowledge. And you do that through reading. You obtain knowledge through reading. The second thing is, is that you have to maintain understanding. So to gain understanding, sometimes you have to study. So you need to read, and then you need to study. And then the third thing is that you have to apply the truth. And so if you want the benefits of what the Scriptures teach, you have to apply the truth to your life. You have to do something about it. And so read, study, apply. Read, study, apply. And it's not that difficult. And if you do those three things and you implement God's Word in your life, you'll become a disciplined Christian. You'll be able to do things and God will be able to take and have an effect on other people through your life. So he says in Proverbs 25, 28, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So this is a proverb that has to do with being an undisciplined person. And so God initiates this by talking about a person that is undisciplined and uh, a person in life that just kind of meanders through life or they're going through uh, uh, ways of life without any discipline at all, uh, no, no idea, no direction, just kind of meandering through life. And so God says it's like a, a city with walls, with broken down walls. And so this deals with the primary defense against enemies. And in these times, it was city walls. And so God's saying... 
If you want defense against the enemies of the world and the flesh and Satan, the only thing that you can do to put up that defense, if you will, is to read his word to begin with. You need to know something about it. And so you need to be able to read it and understand it. And you think about this. If the wall was broken or neglected, uh, what happens? Well, the enemy can get in. Uh, thieves can get in. Things, robbers, stealers can get in, right? What happened in Nehemiah's day? When the wall was broken down, what condition was the city in? So Nehemiah came in and did what? He rebuilt the wall and gave it strength again, didn't he? And so when you begin to read the Word of God, it starts to develop some strength in you again. And so you need to be able to read and, uh, and begin to understand. So what this is indicating in this verse is that an undisciplined person is a failure waiting to happen. If there's no discipline in your life, you're just waiting uh, you know, destruction is just down the road from you. And so if you have no discipline in your life, you can expect to fail. And, and one of the things that God requires of us, and I believe according to the Scriptures, is He wants some discipline in our life. And so one of the things that He tells us as far as discipline is to be effective for God's use, you have to obtain some knowledge. Well, how do I obtain that knowledge? Well, you've got to pick up the Bible and you've got to read it. How many of you actually read your Bible every day? Now, you don't have to answer me. I just want you to really kind of have that thought in your mind. How many of you really pick up the Bible and read it every day? Every day you pick that book up and you say, you know what? I am going to read. I'm going to discipline myself. I am going to read the whole book of Philemon. Right? How many verses? <laughs> 23. So you say to yourself, I'm going to at least have enough discipline to read Philemon. Right? Right? And so you say to yourself, how disciplined am I? And what you do is, over time, you begin to develop that discipline in your life. And so you consider this tonight. So to have a strong level of biblical discipline, it starts with reading to obtain biblical knowledge. And so we find seven different verses, and I have seven of them here. I'm just going to give them to you, and I want you to think about this. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples, all those that were present, and then the religious leaders, both the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Here's what he does. He gives us some verses, and so he says in Matthew 12, 3, 5, 19, 4, and 22, 31, listen to this. But he said unto them, have ye not read what David did? <laughs> First thing he said to them whenever they had a problem, they brought a question to Jesus. Jesus asked them a specific question. Have you not read what David did? Now, this is talking about where he went in and got the showbread, and he, he ate it, and, you know, it was unlawful to eat the showbread and that whole bit, but... He says, have you not read? And then he says, and, then, and that was in 12.3, in Matthew 12.5, he says, or have ye not read in the law? He's asking these Pharisees, these Sadducees, who have the scriptures, and he says, have you not read? What is he indicating to them? You know, you can read without understanding, can't you? And he's asking them a specific question, have you not read? So he's giving the idea that, one, we ought to be reading. <laughs> That's the first thing. He says then in 19.4 of Matthew, he says, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Now, if anybody were to pick up the Bible, they would understand that God did not make homosexuality. He made male and female, didn't he? And, and so when you pick up the Bible and you read it, see, I don't have a problem with that because... I say to folks, whenever I read Matthew 19.4, and I look at Matthew 19.4, he made male and female, and he said, have you not read? In other words, if you read the Bible, you can figure that out. 
It's not a difficult thing to figure out. He says then in Matthew 22, 31, he says, But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God? And so they had questions about the resurrection, didn't they? And what does he say to them? Have you not read? And most people will ask questions, but they don't read the Bible. They want to know stuff, but they don't want to put forth the effort to pick the scriptures up and to read them. Now, he tells us this in Mark 12, 10. He said, and have you not read this scripture, the stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner? Now, what's that got to do with it? You understand that he was talking about himself at that point. He said, haven't you read this in your Bible or haven't you read this in the scriptures? Don't you know this? And so one of the things God's requiring of these people is to read so that they know things, isn't it? And so the knowledge has to be there. In Mark 12, 26, he says, And as touching the dead that they raised, have ye not read in the book of Moses how in the bush God spake unto them? Uh-oh. <laughs> he took them all the way back to the Old Testament, didn't he? And he said, Hey, I want you to get a hold of this. Have you not read this? Now, at the time, they didn't have the finished work that we have in front of us, but they had the Scriptures. They had the Old Testament. And he's saying to them, Haven't you read these things? And then he says this, in Luke 6, 3, he said, And Jesus answering them said, Have ye not read so much as this? <laughs> he keeps bringing it up to them. And he says to them, Have you not read the Scriptures? Do you not know what the Scriptures teach? And so that's what he brings up to them. So I believe, according to this, he says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. When people have spiritual problems, oftentimes... We're not in our Bible. We're not reading the Scriptures. We're not allowing ourselves to digest these things. So to be disciplined, you must obtain biblical knowledge, and that starts with reading. Secondly, to continue being disciplined, it requires some learning. So I believe that he has no rule over his own spirit. It's like a city that is broken down and without walls. You have to start building those walls back up. Well, how do you do that? Well, you begin to read. And then you have to understand what you're learning. I mean, you have to take in some things. You have to say, okay, this requires something. In Proverbs 13, 4, he uses this, and I like this, because he says, the soul of the slugger desireth and hath nothing. <laughs> That's the person just flat out lazy, just laying around doing nothing all day long and expecting something to occur, expecting to have things and not put forth any effort. When he talks about a sluggard, he's talking about that sloth, that slow moving, that they just they want things, but they don't want to put forth any effort to accomplish anything. And so he says, the soul of the slugger desireth and have nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Now, I like that, because I'm a heavy dude. So <laughs> it's like, hey, when you look at this, you see this, and you say to yourself, there's something to that. Now, when we use that term, often there's a desire to understand truth, but discipline to study to understand the Bible, we avoid. You know why? It takes effort. Just like picking up that Verizon bill sometimes, right? How many of you picked up a piece of paper or a legal paper, or you got something in the mail, and you actually have to read this document? I mean, it takes some effort sometimes to pick that stuff up and read it, and to know what it says, and then to understand what it says. You know, when a person is lazy or undisciplined or even irresponsible, often they long for understanding, but they wind up with little or nothing because they don't put forth any effort. And so what can you expect if you don't put forth any effort? You can't expect a whole lot. So this is the result of even the undisciplined life of the Christian. When you avoid studying the Bible, how can you expect to know what the Scriptures teach? How can you expect to know? I, I'm always reminded of what it says is that the comforter 
uh, when he cometh, he is our teacher. And he will teach us all things and bring all things to our remembrance whatsoever he said unto us. And the only way you're going to know what he said is if you pick this up and actually read it. Because you're not going to get it out of even a message like tonight. You're not going to get it from a Sunday morning message or a Sunday evening message. Now it adds to or encourages you or recharges you or gives you that little oomph that you need from time to time. But the fact is, is you need to be in the scriptures. You need to be doing this on your own. You need to be putting forth some effort. When you're leading an undisciplined Christian life, it ends with what I would consider just emptiness. Now, I like that word, being made fat. If you look at that uh, in there, uh, in that proverb, that being made fat has this idea. Uh, he uses it, and it was an expression for prosperity in the day. Being made fat is that you were prosperous. And so when, uh, what then in the New Testament principle about the Christian is to help them succeed and maintain understanding in the direction in their life, they are to become fat with knowledge, if you will. They, they become prosperous in the Scriptures. They know what the Bible teaches. Now let me give you two New Testament verses that tell you that you're supposed to be in the Bible. You're supposed to be studying the Bible. Now I'm going to give you just two verses. Now I told you you need to read it, and Jesus continually asked the Pharisees and the Sadducees, have ye not what? Read. That's the first thing you need to do. You need to read your Bible. And then number two, the Bible clearly teaches us that we need to study it. Now let me give you two verses, okay? The first one is 2 Timothy 2.15. Study isn't that good? It just gave it to you right there. To show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God tells you when you pick up his book and you read the book of Timothy, he tells you to study so that you can be approved of God. Not of me, not of your neighbors, not of someone else, but that your relationship with God is where it ought to be. And so he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now in Acts, Luke writing, Paul talking at times, but he's commending these people. Listen to what he says in Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Uh-oh. Isn't that terrible? He lifted or elevated one group over another. <laughs> but this is what he said. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and you ready for this? And searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Now hold on a minute. If they searched the scriptures to know whether those things are so, what did they have to do? Study. They had to study the Bible. They had to study what the scripture said. So first of all, we need to read. So when this passage says, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down, a Christian that is not disciplining themselves spiritually is like a wall that's broken down. You don't have the power to ward off the enemy. You don't have the power to ward off the thieves. You don't have the power to uh, have that defense that you need when the time is needed. What you have is a broken down wall for a Christian life because you're not allowing it to be built up and be strong. And so to be disciplined, you must study to maintain the understanding for the discipline as a Christian. Now, the last thought is this. Implementing truth leads to a disciplined life. Now, in Proverbs 13, 18, here's another good one. And we're going to talk about applying truth to be disciplined. Proverbs 13, 18, it says, Poverty and shame shall be to him 
that uh, him that in uh, poverty and shame shall be to him that instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. So he says, what will happen to the person that has no regard for instruction? He said poverty and shame. If you think about those two things, poverty means I don't have anything, right? Shame means that there's an embarrassment about it as well. And he said those two things go together. But then he said in that same, uh, in that same passage, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. In other words, he that will take it in and do something with it, that person will receive some honor. Now, if uh, we are children of rebellion, how many of you like rebellious children? We get angry about it, don't we? We get upset. We want our kids to do right. And, and when they don't, it bothers us. And so we're trying to figure out how we're going to implement this discipline in this rebellious child's life. And what I share with you is look at our lives not in lieu of who the person is sitting beside you, but in lieu of who God is in your life. What kind of disciplines in your life? Biblical discipline. And when you look at this, if we're children of rebellion or those that avoid reading and studying as directed by the Lord, you're headed for a path of what I would call disgrace as a Christian because you just don't know. How many of you wanted to share with someone some verse or something or you were talking with someone and you wanted to tell them something that you know the Bible says? You can't remember the location. You can't remember the reference. You can't remember the verse. You can't even remember how it started or how it ended or anything like that at all. And, and what it is is that God says, listen, if you read and you study and you apply, you'll remember because he promised us through the power of the Holy Spirit, which resides in the saved individual, that he'll bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. He'll bring it to your remembrance. And how many of us have stumbled at times because we can't remember the verse, we can't remember the reference, we can't remember exactly how it goes. It goes something like this. Have any of you ever been in those shoes? I've been in those shoes. And I'm thinking to myself, why do I not know this? And you stumble or you struggle. And the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes we're rebellious and haven't studied it as we should. This verse in Proverbs speaks of an undisciplined and rebellious person who refuses correction, which leads to a, a path of shame. So the Christian, one must read, the Christian must study, and most importantly, one of the things that we must do with the Bible is we have to apply the Word of God. We have to put it into action. It's, it's something that's alive. This is not a dead book. This is the living Word of God. You've heard it called that before. And, and the thing of it is, is that the reason that it's alive is because Christ is still alive, and Christ is the Word, and the Word is alive, and therefore the Word lives in us because we have the Holy Spirit residing in us, and therefore the Word of God lives in us. And so it requires something of us. And so it takes some discipline. Now, when I got to thinking about this, uh, we have to apply the Word of God, which will give you opportunity to be used of God, but here's what I want you to think about. Only fools reject and rebel against being corrected. Only fools, only fools reject and rebel. And when that happens, God can't work in your life. So when you open the Bible and you don't like something that it says, you say, I reject that, <laughs> or I'm going to go the opposite direction of what that says, where are we? We're in rebellion against God at that point. And we know what it says or we hear what it says. And so 
Only fools reject and rebel against being corrected, and to avoid God's Word is to avoid correction for our lives. Now, I'm going to prove that to you. That statement that I just made, I'm going to prove that to you according to the Scriptures. What the Bible teaches us is that when we avoid correction, and God's Word is full of correction. How many of you know that? (laughs) There's things in there that correct us, aren't there? There's ways in which God chastises us. There's ways in which He teaches us and trains us, and He wants us to know these things. Now, I'm going to give you something, and it's in 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. In 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17, here's what it says. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. (laughs) Continue in them. So what does that mean? I've read them, I've studied them, I've learned them, and I do them. (laughs) And, and, And Paul had said at one point, those things that you've seen in me, do. That means take action. And so we have to understand that the Scriptures are alive. And so he says in verse 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So where did you learn them from? Do you understand? When you open the Scriptures, you're learning from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so when you open this Bible, remember where you've learned those things from. And so the Spirit of the Lord wants to work in your life. And that from a child, and this is Paul speaking to Timothy about Lois and, and, uh, and, and speaking to him about his mother and his grandmother, that they, Eunice, there it came to my mind, Eunice and Lois, and he told, the, he told Timothy, he said, your grandmother and your mother taught you some things. You see, if you've been in church, just because you've been in church doesn't mean you've learned anything. Just because you're in the doors doesn't mean you're picking up on anything. What it is is that you have to take it in and do something with what you're hearing. One of the things my pastor always challenged me, he said, take notes, take notes, take notes when people are preaching. If God speaks to your heart when preaching is going, write it down. Do something about it. He said, that's God the Father working with the Holy Spirit inside your life, Bob. Write it down. And you won't forget it. There are messages that Mike Edwards preached when I first got saved in 1996, and I have not forgotten those messages because I wrote them down when God spoke to my heart in 1996. And I'll never forget, he preached a series of messages on a single, solitary word, forsaken. And I wrote it down, and I began taking notes. And I never forgot those messages because God was working in my life at that time. And when he was working in my life, I began to take information down and write it down because you begin to remember. Now listen to what it says. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise. It's pretty good, isn't it? You've known the scriptures, which are able to make you what? You can say it out loud. We're in church, folks. It's able to make you what? Wise. It makes you smarter. (laughs) It makes you wise. And he says, not only does it make you wise, but it makes you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. There's no other way to gain your faith but through Christ Jesus. Now, we all know these next verses. I'm sure many of you can probably quote quote these. But he says after that, he says, all Scripture, (laughs) amen, is given by inspiration of God 
and is profitable. Now I want to ask you something. If I told you, Brother Aaron, listen, I know if you help and you invest in this, you give me $35 this year, next year I'm going to give you $235 for the $35 you gave me. It, that's profitable, isn't it? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> then if I told you, you say, give me that $235 and I'll turn that into $1,000 in one year, that'd be profitable, wouldn't it? You say, $235 and $1,000 in one year? That's profitable. Now, wait a minute. I want to tell you what God says is profitable. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is how much Scripture is profitable? Everything. There isn't anything you can't read in here that's not profitable. It's a value. When you say something is profitable, it's good for you, isn't it? It's, it's useful. And so God said all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, where did it come from? Where did this come from? It didn't come from man. It came from God. You say, well, why do they name the books after these guys? Because God used them to pen it. But the fact is, this is God's Word. And so all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, God breathed, and so it is. And so these men pen the words of God into particular books. And so all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, and it's profitable. But what is it profitable for? Well, it's profitable for doctrine. Doctrine is truth. Doctrine is teaching, right? And so you say it's good for teaching. He, he said it's good for reproof. That, that's another word telling you those things in your life that are not right. <laughs> and then it's good for correction because there's things that are not right that need to be done right. And God said, here's how it's done. I'll correct that for you. And then he goes on and he makes this statement. He said, for instruction and in righteousness. God instructs us through his word. How much? All scripture. Are you with me? So if I am going to be disciplined in my Christian life, I need to read my Bible. If I am going to be disciplined in my life, I need to study what the scriptures say. If I want to be wise, I'm going to take those things that I've learned, and then I'm going to apply those things, aren't I? And believe me, you can gain a lot of wisdom from the world, but you'll never gain the truth like you will through the Word of God. And God wants you to apply truth to your life. Now listen to me. He says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now watch this. That the man of God may be perfect. That word perfect means that you're complete. If you're going to be a complete Christian, how much Scripture should you start taking in? All of it. You need to take it in. And so he says, truly furnished unto all good works. What did I tell you in the beginning? If you read, study, and apply, God will use your life. Why? Because he just said in this passage, I'll instruct you to be able to do good works. <laughs> you'll, be a, you'll have the ability to do that because God's working in your life. Now, when you put the Bible into action, you'll find that the Lord will put his word into effect in your life. And the Bible says this to us in James 4.10, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Isn't that wonderful? So if I just have a heart of humility and say, you know what, I'm just going to, I might even test God. 
I want to see what happens if I just start reading and studying my Bible and start doing what it says. I want to see what God does. I'm going to tell you you're not going to disprove his word. But he'll approve your life. He'll put a stamp of approval on that and he'll say, you're doing what I've asked you to do. And God will begin to work in your life. Put the Bible into effect and seek the counsel of God's word daily. And believe me, it will keep you disciplined as a Christian. Now, I share that with you not because I do that perfectly. I share that with you because I fail at it daily sometimes. (laughs) And what I'm sharing with us is that we need to put it into effect. So if you're going to have a disciplined life and then you're going to want to discipline other people's lives, you ought to be having some self-discipline according to the Scriptures. So let's pray.